Hey guys, on today's episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, we're going to hear from Two Chains and Mr. Silly Sellis on their experience being at Battleground this past Sunday live. They attended the pay-per-view. Elsewhere, Two Chains and I are going to discuss the week in wrestling. This includes the first Raw, the first live SmackDown of the new era, the introduction of a new uh, WWE Universal Championship, the um, elevation of Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown, and much, much more. I'm also going to cut a promo on the IWC in there, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And now get ready to enjoy the next episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And we're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. And we're back with another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is Aaron here. I'm joined, uh, as always, by Mr. Two Chames. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And he is uh, fresh off of Battleground. Uh, it was held at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. And you went with fellow co-hosts, Mr. Silly Sellis and D. Wayne. D. Wayne may be joining us a little later in the episode. We'll have to see. But um, why don't you just give the people kind of a rundown of your experience at um at Battleground, and actually, you were joined by Silly Sellis on that trip, who just joined the podcast right now. Hi, Silly Sellis. Hello, friends. Let me get my microphone situated. I try to get as much time in as possible. <laughs> so yeah, you you have to head out eventually. But we were I was we just started, and we were going to have you guys kind of recap your experience being at Battleground live before we get into the first Raw and SmackDown of the new era. So I'm going to leave it to you guys because I watched it on the network like everybody else, but you were there. Can, can I say this too, James? To start off, man, the DC crowd surprised the heck out of me, and it was an awesome crowd. Would you agree with that too, James? Um, I'd have to say that I was uh, sitting by a lot of a lot of guys, and they made my night very exciting. Um, and the one thing I have to say about the fans is that um, I don't think DC is a good sports town, but man, there's mm-hmm. some very compassionate uh, wrestling fans there. And Absolutely. I mean, um, it was this one guy, when the Usos lost, he got so mad, like, slammed his drink down, walked out. And I was like, <laughs> I was looking like, what? <laughs> Dude, how do you get mad about Breezango winning? That was amazing. That was just the so pre-show. Good, good, such a good tone. I knew I was going to have a good night. But the people I was sitting with, which I, you know, I wish I had a little bit more time to talk to them. It was so funny, very knowledgeable and stuff. Uh, maybe they'll listen, listen in to this because I, I, I told them, you know, what my hobby was, but um, indeed, indeed, uh, I, I had a good time. I liked the area, the, my peripheral. I was sitting right behind the, um, the uh, pre-show yep, cast. Yep. I was a little worried that the lighting was going to be in the way, but they eventually removed that. Um, I also sat next to the tunnel where everybody from the, from the pre-show crowd walked through, so it was cool to yell at Jerry, uh, Renee, and uh, Booker T, and Cesaro on, on that note, uh, and Corey Graves, actually. And Lita, Lita was up there too, wasn't she? Uh, if Lita was there, I didn't see her walk past. Mm. But everybody else, you know, they gave uh, their, you know, their signature taunts pointed, or you know, <laughs> um, like 
signature, like thank yous or whatever. So pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Awesome. Now, let me ask you guys this each individually. Um, it appeared that the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match was the most. The one that the crowd got into the most, and deservedly so, it was probably my favorite match on the card too. Would you say that that got the best reaction out of all the matches? Like we know Bailey's pop was great for showing up as a surprise, mm-hmm. but would you say KO Sami Zayn was the most well received match, or do you, was the main event more over the top for you guys being there? Honestly, for me, it started out really slow. Like you could feel the tone of the fans. Like man, we've seen this so much before. What else can they do new? I mean, and then when you saw Sammy almost have a botch effect when he did the little flip off the rope oh, on the outside, that was bad. that's when it kind of woke the fa- the crowd up. It's like, whoa, is Sammy okay? And then that's when it seemed like the match just turned on from them because everybody was concerned to see if Sammy was okay and then how they was going to build from it. And then the match just got better. And the near falls and the storyteller in the ring just became higher and greater. And that's what made it become a better match. Maybe that was the, the spark point it needed. But when they first came out, everybody was like, yeah, we want to see these two. But we've seen this match so many times. And that led me to put the question I tweeted out. I was like, wow, if if Brian Pillman, you know, if Stone Cold had this feud, and maybe it could have gone greater in certain aspects, would you compare this Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn feud to that? Because they're two good friends off, you know, off air, but they're building up such a hatred and, and a drama in the ring that you just have to want it to keep going and going that you don't want to stop. I, I have to say on the contrary that my, my section was uh, was overly excited about it from beginning to the end. From mm-hmm. all chance, uh, before the box, I mean, of course, we got the Botchamania chance going. Also, I'm not trying to pat Rock said that on the back, but I really felt like um, my side was also the trend, the trend stars for most of the chance as well because mm-hmm. um, um, there was the the Botchamania chance. There was a Crispin Wild chance that uh, oh, yeah, what? The crossings came up. That's yeah. not good. Who, who did I just say? You, <laughs> yeah, never mind. Go on. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> I want to get his bag or anything. Um, again, I, I, that match was probably got the best reaction to me. It was the mm-hmm. best match of the night. It's, it's going to be considered one of the matches of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, though, do you feel that they still have a better match yet in them? I do. If you put a stipulation like a a, a, a ten uh, no ten count or whatever uh, cage match or something, last man standing, I think is what last you're referring standing, to. Yeah, I can't even think of the, the match. Last well, man standing. Here's I think like a, even better match. Here's what I'm thinking too, though, as a stip. Felt that, like a last man standing already. It kind of did. It did, and I I feel like they can still take it up a notch, and I feel like it didn't feel like. I don't know what I would like to see, and I people are going to say that I stole this stipulation idea from the Masked Man podcast that came out today. But I was thinking this on Sunday. I was like, okay, clearly they could go one more time. They could go ten more times. What if you did? And this I think would resolve a lot of some of the draft issues people had. What if you did a match at SummerSlam where it was like a loser leaves town match, and whoever lost had to be traded to SmackDown because, like. Let's just say they keep trying to kill each other the next couple weeks, and Stephanie and Mick Foley are like, all right, one of you has to go. And we have <laughs> we've formed an agreement with Daniel Bryan that we will work out a trade for which whatever one of you loses this match uh, at SummerSlam. Kind of like what they um, did with Matt Hardy and Edge in the cage match on Raw. Um, if you remember, that's how that feud ended. That's, a, that's interesting. I didn't hear that, and I like it. Well, you know, I have to say, though, before we... Before you even get to that idea, that I'm very 
still shocked that they both went to the same brand. I would have really liked them to went to a separate brand. Not to mention with um, both of them were in sort of say matches for contendership where it would have been a little bit more special to see them on separate brands knowing that they would have probably had a little bit more of a chance to have won that match instead of a chance of them actually going back to a feud together again. Yeah. You know, like how we talked about yesterday with AJ and Cena. It was like, we know they're not winning because they got to go against each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. that's a great point. And we, we're going to definitely get to the contendership on SmackDown because we have, I think there's a lot to be discussed there. Um, Mr. Silly Sellis had to I, had to drop out, by the way, f- a fan. So he, I don't think he's going to be coming back for the rest of the episode. But go ahead, continue. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, but I do like that stipulation. I also like that uh, when we when we uh, get to our discussion about Raw SmackDown, about how it seems like the general managers are becoming a lot of like very creative in what you know in their demeanor of setting up matches where something like that just makes sense. So um, again, when we get to it. I kind of look at what's going on with Hugh Slater as like a real creative moment to see like what's really going to happen and the free agency thing that happened that they're already alluding to signing people. So yeah, I, I like I, that, especially on the SmackDown brand. They need to do more of that because uh, well, let's just get to that in a little while. Um, any yeah, other yeah. any other points being there live at Battleground? I mean, I think we can go ahead and rate it pretty highly. That was a very entertaining pay per view with its faults, um, specifically the Miz Darren Young match. I'm talking about there. Yeah, and then even Becky, fun. Becky and Natty to an extent didn't yeah. have. It wasn't nearly the match that they had on SmackDown. I thought the one on SmackDown was pretty good. Um, no, I think that was the makeup. There was no reason for Becky Lynch to have lost, but so be it. You know, if Redemption was was. Uh, doing their brand shows, then fine, so be it. Well, I think um, what it, I, what they did there by having her get one back on SmackDown was to kind of position her as the top of the SmackDown women's division that's starting mm-hmm. to flesh out. Um, mm-hmm. But is there any other main talking points, just being there live, things you wanted to share about your experience that you haven't talked about yet before we get – because we need to dive into the week here soon for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll go down the list real quick. Uh, the Bailey, uh, the Bailey uh, debut – was huge a lot of people seen it coming so um it wasn't such such of an nxt feel with the, so much of the bailey chance but um she was there and everybody was excited that that moment wasn't a moment of disappointment so that was good the white family coming out is always a special thing yes uh with the lights and dc definitely uh filled up the arena with that that was one great match I have to say that that power was my second match of the night. Fans were fully invested there. Um, well, it's the last time you're going to see the Wyatt family in their current form for a while. No reason for them to have lost there, right? You know? So well, it sense for that. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. They should go over because it kind of starts off Bray's singles run on SmackDown. But on the other hand, the Wyatt family is not a team anymore. Did they really need the win? Because New Day still has to be a team the next day on Raw. But, uh, you know, that's the thing. Um, Braun Strowman did get his new thing. I'm not really sure how much of it, how much of that match did allude to him besides being a monster, but allude to him still being a part of the Wyatt family. So I'm not sure, was this really like the separation match or was it just the sort of like what the club is doing where they're just saying we're, we're going to be great everywhere we go, you know? So I don't know. I thought they, I really felt like legitimately they deserved to have made that win. Um, Bray Wyatt is phenomenal as always. Yes. And um, 
you know, if anybody was to take the titles off, I would have loved for it to have been the Wyatt family. Eric yeah, Braun Strowman with the titles. That would have been. That could have been something special there. Yeah. Well, I think um, um, looking ahead to SummerSlam, I think what happened on Raw shows that the club are going to be very serious contenders there. And I think Enzo yeah. and Cass need to also be involved in that match. But, um, Oh, bad news for you. What's up? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just got signed to a one-year deal. <laughs> With the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. We, we really enjoy, <laughs> we enjoy sacking him, and it'll be fun to do that again this season. That must tell you that. Uh, training camp must have been really bad for them today. <laughs> well, I mean, what other choice did they have? You need to have a quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we but, uh, move, before we move, before we move on to other things here, too, Mr. Silly Sellis wants to send his best to all the listeners. He had to leave, but he says shouts out one more time to all the DC fans. He was very impressed with the crowd, and so was I. You guys came <laughs> off very well. You're not a Chicago crowd, let's be clear. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was a good. Yeah. You guys had that. It was definitely more amped up than I would have expected. Um, the last pay-per-view, I remember you guys getting, and I'm sure there's been one I'm forgetting, but um, the Great American Bash or SummerSlam happened when JBL was um, still on his run and facing Batista. Mm-hmm. Was that okay. SummerSlam or was that was that like uh, the Bash or something? That was like that was. Um, uh, I remember watching it on it, pay-per-view. Was it Great American Bash? I think it was. Yeah, when it was. When they brought that back, because I feel like it was right before SummerSlam, because I know that those two had one more match at SummerSlam, because I rewatched a bunch of SummerSlam last year. Hold on, did you say that's the last pay-per-view that we had? I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting them, but it's the last one I remember. Gotta be. I went there when I was super young, so, you know, when the money was falling, I used to think of, thought it was real until I got there, so super young. But yeah. Yeah, I have to revisit that one. Sure. Well, you guys need to have more pay-per-views because it, it clearly, with all the wrestling, you know, the indie shows you guys have there, uh, the Nova shows, and I know there's a lot of East Coast groups. Um, just plus with the with the reactions you guys were eliciting, that's a, a crowd worth revisiting for a pay-per-view again, for sure. I, I think so. I have to say, um, before before we move on for Battleground, that I have to say uh, one other thing, too. Mm-hmm. That as much as the more predictable... Um, um, uh, reactions to the night. Yeah, Mojo Riley got a big pop. Well, he's a hometown boy, isn't he? Yes, he is. And they that I liked everything about it. I like that he would be adventure for the next few. Um, I mean, look. At first, I was kind of like done with Rusev and, the, and his antics on how he keeps winning the same way. The accolade. It's supposed to make you mad, so it's working. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that, that's all it is. But you know. Um, if that's how they build him as a character, then they're doing a good job, and they're going to keep letting him top down, uh, take down bigger guys. And well, he's kind of big himself, so I won't say bigger guys, but just big guys. Um, you know, as long as there's purpose to it, to it's the end, instead of him just running into John Cena. That, that's all I'm saying. Well, Mojo Riley got a big pop for sure. Uh, and the crowd, they love Enzo and Big Cash. That think? was the best promo he's ever cut. That's not even yes. close. Yeah, people were anticipating him the whole night, and you could just every you know like before a show starts, I they keep yelling out uh, different chants and stuff. Yep, it was just it was just, it was just that the whole pre-show. I love so. that that chant people do where it's the the white stripe song, but with Enzo Zamora's name put in it. That's pretty cool. Yep, yep. Um, and of course, of course, the one thing that we kind of talked about on Twitter this would be my last remark. Yeah, is that Roman Reigns got booed out the gym. <laughs> They definitely um, muted that down a little bit on his entrance because you guys yeah. were telling me, no, man, it's bad. And I'm like, 
it ain't that bad on TV. Right. So, you know, WrestleMania, I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure this time that I recorded to a point that I know I wasn't tripping. So I posted on Twitter. You did. And, yeah, people were like, oh, yeah, it definitely didn't sound that bad. And they, they, you can hear those boos all throughout the DMV. Like, they booed him out the gym. <laughs> the guy next to me, his voice was so hoarse, but he said it was all worth it. That's similar to me at WrestleMania 22 booing John Cena many years ago. I lost my voice and had to give a, an oral presentation for a college project the next day after WrestleMania, and that did not go well in terms of yeah. me being audible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was great, though. I don't regret it for a moment. I didn't get my voice back for like a week after that WrestleMania. That was fun. Um, I can. Do you mind if starting off our talk about the new era launches for Raw and SmackDown this week? Do you mind if I cut a promo on the internet community real quick? That's right. Well, actually, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Let's take a break. Let's take a pause for the cause, and when we come back, I have. I want to cut a promo on the internet crowd, but to kind of get our conversation started. So we'll be right back. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. And we're back again after a word from um, us. I guess we're not, there's no sponsors yet, but if you'd like to sponsor the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, please direct message us on at BGB Group on Twitter. We'd be happy to to take your money and shill your product on here. Um, I'm going to cut a promo real quick. Okay, so it is driving me insane that the amount of negativity people are still managing to pluck out of what I feel was an overall five hours of very quality um, wrestling programming from WWE this week on the USA Network. Let me name some of the things that I really, really liked that the internet wrestling community has been clamoring for for a long time, finally got, but managed to somehow pick pick apart and wish it could have been done better. Sometimes you need to be happy with what you have, in my opinion, because there's been darker times um, than this. So Finn Balor debuts. No, we didn't get the demon entrance. And no, we shouldn't get the demon entrance until SummerSlam. <laughs> it needs to remain special, so internet marks quiet down. Um, Finn Balor comes out, pins the United States champion clean in a qualifying fatal four-way to go to the main event to challenge for the number one contendership to a new world title. We'll get to the name of that world title in a little bit. Then goes on to pin Roman Reigns clean in the main event of Raw on his first night on the active main roster. Please tell me... At what point do we have something to complain about there? The guy we all hate got pinned clean two nights in a row by two guys much smaller than him. Second night was specifically by the debuting Finn Balor, who is clearly being uh, having a rocket shoved up his behind and is being shot to the moon. This is great. This is a good thing. Earlier in the night, Sasha Banks wins the WWE Women's Championship. Please tell me what is wrong with that. Sure, it could have been done at SummerSlam, but I'll tell you what. You would have gotten three more weeks after this of the same story that you just got done telling leading up to the tag match at Battleground where Charlotte's got a buddy that's going to look out for her and they're going to beat down Sasha every week. We've already seen that story. We knew how it was going to end at SummerSlam. The surprise happening on Raw was far more interesting in my opinion. 
So please don't complain about that. We saw some the return of the squash match to build up some of some new monsters we have on the active roster. You know, a newly solo Braun Strowman, a newly debuting Nia Jax. Please tell me how those things are bad because we're elevating new stars. Um, clearly, we're headed for a Nia Jax Sasha match down the line, and that's going to be great because just of the size difference there. And hopefully a Nia Jax-Charlotte feud somewhere down the line, just too big, you know, because Charlotte could hang with her because of size. So that's going to be good, too. You move over to the Blue Show. John Cena wasn't put in the top spot. Randy Orton wasn't put in the top spot. Dolph Ziggler was winning the six-pack challenge in the main event. While in the process, they elevated Apollo Crews, who won the Battle Royal. Um, We relaunched a second women's division, and I'm I think it was done really well. Please tell me how you could find anything wrong with Eva Marie's entrance music with the Robin Leach intro. That was amazing. Um, there's just a lot of things that they did right. They set a lot of people on new paths. Um, and by the way, that women's division, please don't forget Nikki Bella is coming back soon and she's going to dominate on SmackDown. I'm calling that right now. Um, a lot of really great things happened this week. Could it have been done better? Well, it depends on who you ask, but... Looking at SummerSlam, you have Dean Ambrose challenging a newly rejuvenated Dolph Ziggler um, in the WWE Championship match. Rather, Dolph Ziggler's challenging him. Finn Balor's wrestling for a world title against Seth Rollins, where he's going to debut the Demon entrance on the main roster. You have Orton and Lesnar, which is going to be all sorts of fun. Probably Cena, AJ again. Maybe Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens again. And probably some sort of triple threat tag match with the New Day, the club and Enzo and Cass. Am I missing something here too, James, or is like that sounding like a pretty darn good SummerSlam? Sounds good to me. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time till I was confident. It's been long enough till I was confident about it, but sounds good to me. I mean, I guess I'm just like, are there things we could complain about? Sure. Like, I just... I've listened to several different wrestling podcasts that I followed this week, and everyone's hung up about how bad the Raw logo looks. And if your enjoyment of a wrestling product hinges upon one logo, you need to get out, first of all. Um, there was It was just such a fresh-feeling product this week. You had, I don't know if you, you watched SmackDown Live, I'm assuming, last night, correct, Two Chains? Correct. Those sweeping camera shots they were doing during the Battle Royal, that looked so looked just like a professional sporting event. Yep. And then you had like the post fight interviews, kind of like what UFC does. Why WWE is just now catching on to how that makes the big fight feel increase is beyond me, but they're doing it now and it's really cool and it's a throwback to, you know, Saturday night's main event type of thing in the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties. There's just so much that they're doing right. I, I hate to hear how much is still being nitpicked. It's like How do people enjoy wrestling if they nitpick it to the nth degree? And granted, we'll be a little critical on this podcast, I'm sure, before we wrap up. But we're wrestling fans. You guys just attended a show off air. We were just talking about all the shows you're going to in August with your buddy Jamal. And, like, I just bought house show tickets for September. Finn Balor was just added to that show, by the way, that I'm going to, which makes me very excited. Just a lot of good things, man. Yeah, the internet uh, has, you know, it's one thing to to kind of, like, speak on your opinion. But then some people are just so, like... Well, they state it like it's absolute fact. Like, this is qualitatively bad because I didn't enjoy it. It's like, well, you're a very small vocal minority. Like, little kids are going to give it till SummerSlam. 
by the time that demon entrance happens, like, tell me he's not going to be the top baby face on Raw. Oh, right. Okay. So, like, my, my whole thing with people saying, like, oh, the new, the announce table is now uh, back on the ramp. So, I guess they're just going to be having to stand all day. That doesn't seem fun. Like, what? Watch like, Monday what Night that? Football. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't Gruden and Tariko do the same thing? And doesn't it look cool? <laughs> you know, it's just little things I just, I just don't, I just don't get, you know. Um, I don't get it either. Again, Twitter, it's a social media. It's for people to, you know, speak where their voice can finally be heard by others. I, I get it. I mean, I, and, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, don't go on a tirade looking to block people who don't agree with you, you know. Because that's the things what's, what a lot seems to be going on. I definitely love our fans. Um, our fans are great. They are. We have good people that I can just talk to all night and um, with refreshing ideas. With some of you people would be a little bit uh, more intuitive on wanting to come on the show because we're definitely open to it. You know, yeah. we're all about different ideas and uh, suggestions whatever. But then there's this, there's, there's this small percentage of people that just seems like... You're never going to please them. Oh, we might have lost... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I thought I'm we sorry. lost you there, buddy. No, go yes. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, look like they're, you know, ready to block you. Kind of forgot when you did that. I just don't understand. Again, this was a very good five hours of wrestling. I liked everything from um, the rosters all coming out uh, on the stage. Uh, It it felt like a reset, didn't it, when they had the roster come out? Yeah, a lot of, some people are critical of that. And it's like, no, everybody's starting over. John Cena's not necessarily going to be in the world title picture. And. Roman Reigns clearly isn't getting put over in the title picture right now, but you know him and Finn Balor. Well, I'll just say this. Finn Balor has to win the title, that universal title that they created. He has to win it. And you have him go up against Roman Reigns this fall who says he wants another shot at Finn Balor, and maybe he can be heelish at that point, like full-on heelish. That's, That's a money feud for me right there. Yeah, I thought they worked the size differential really well into their their match psychology. By the way, because he was beating the tar out of Finn Balor, throwing him around, and then Finn Balor used his striking offense to even out the odds. It was cool. Yep, yep. But I mean, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I didn't think about it in that aspect, but I definitely, uh, I definitely praised to it while watching it for sure. I just don't understand how he doesn't win that universal title at SummerSlam because you do that demon entrance. And you have him come out just to lose? Come on now. <laughs> it's the same thing where like my wife was sitting here watching the Raw with me. And I'm like, if Finn Balor loses to Roman Reigns, I'm done. Because like, what does that say if you put him out? The... It's like what they did with Cesaro after WrestleMania. Bring him back just to have him lose to AJ Styles. Now granted, I love AJ Styles. But maybe that wasn't the time to bring Cesaro back if you didn't have anything entirely meaningful for him to achieve right away. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, what do you, you know, maybe we can get on the complaint train a little bit now, but the what would you have called that title? The WWE Universal Championship. It just sounds like some galactic federation where they're going to defend the title on Neptune a little bit. And maybe maybe they can find some sort of a nickname for it. Do you think that they either need to come up with a nickname for it because that's just such a mouthful to say or they need to... I don't know what would you have done would you have caught like i like the idea of throwing it to, as being like a people's title because we're the wwe universe even though i think that's kind of a silly name too what would you have would you have just brought back the big gold belt no pun intended uh I'll, 
Because that doesn't yeah, feel new to me either, considering it's the old NWA championship belt, in a sense. That's right. That's right. Um, first off, the new title does not come off the lips easy at all. So uh, there's going to have to be some type of acronym or nickname for it, right? Well, they just called it like the U, the U title or something. Yeah, I, I don't something know. Like um, that. I don't would know. I name it? I don't know. I'm not going to complain yet because I don't have a name, but I will say it's not easy off the lips. And whatever. Uh, I definitely get pay homage to say hey just you guys in the universal were calling it the first of all i didn't even like the introduction for it okay i don't like how stephanie bashed roman reigns and then say well you lost it for us but that's okay because we're gonna make a new title it kind of buried it didn't you it did it kind of buried it and so it's just like it's like well we gotta make something else but we would have preferred the other one i would have rather I would have rather it had been something as a confrontation of saying like, well, you know what? We need the next man to step up to be able to prepare because we're going to challenge Seth Rollins again. And then they say, you know what? How about we come up with our own title? And say, you know what? That's our own deal. Our own show, our own title. Yeah, come up with more of a positive thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Next week, title introduction. You know, something, whatever it may be, but... Do you think um, we see the actual belt before SummerSlam, or do you think they break it out then? Nothing is safe with the internet. So we, I, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Pretty much every every iteration when we heard it was coming, like even the one that The Rock debuted, I feel like we saw that leaked online before. That said, the Women's Championship, first time I saw that was when I was at AT&T Stadium. They did a good job with that one. Did, and that's a beautiful belt, by the way. It is. The good job with that, so it kind of gives you faith that they should be able to deliver another title that we like. But you don't think there'll be any spinning, moving parts on this one, do you? No. And every time I see that belt, even with the fans that had the belt this weekend at Battlegrounds, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> I really do like the spinner rated R belt. I got to see one in person when I was at WrestleMania 22. It was really cool. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. It's I'm yeah. Never see that one. They never sold that one, right? No, they did. That you. I don't know if WWE sells it currently, but it's out there. You can buy it. I remember it was being sold after Edge won the title, but it's cool. Um, I, but I don't know. Just just to tag on to um everything that's happened this week, special Raw. I mean, Raw was good. I did not like that that little promo between uh Finn Balor and Roman Reigns, where Finn Balor's like. I'm Irish, <laughs> so that makes me remake luck or whatever. And then Ronald Reigns said, "Well, I'm Samoan." Enough said. I was just like, "Yeah, that that was some bad writing there." With the Irish remake luck, but well, I think he was. It was a way for him to kind of be clever and make fun of Roman Reigns. Like I get what yeah. they were going for, but um, I wish he would have just said, "I'm going to stomp on your chest and make your heart stop beating when I hit <laughs> you with my finish." So you know. You know, I almost would have been okay with him not kicking out of the coup de grace, and then he actually pulling off his uh, body protector and doing it again. Then he pins him. <laughs> That's cruel. I wish that they would have made like an, an Adderall the joke. They should have made an Adderall like focusing joke at Roman Reigns, kind of like what Randy uh, did with Brock at the pay per view. Oh, everybody's so disciplined to not even bring it up by any extent. Like I can tell, like it just wants to come off the tongue at the announcer's mouth. And it's just so like Michael Cole has been in the game so long that you know he's he's really disciplined on not saying the thing he's not supposed to say. Yeah, or doesn't somehow call his moves correctly or mix up stuff or says you know stuff maybe out of line in, in regard to the map but stuff. 
in regards to life, he seems to be really good at. But I can just, it's, I just the whole time, it's just like, I know somebody's going to say something about his suspension and what it was linked, linked to. But again, with him and Brock, you know, they, they're still two top guys. There's no way they're going to have, they're going to make that mistake. Yeah, I mean, um, I well, here's let me. I kind of want to. We should probably wrap up here soon. Um, I wanted to leave you with this thought, and I wanted. I re, this is probably the thing I was most excited to talk to you about today. So Roman Reigns wins the, his first Fatal Four Way match, but then jobs clean the second night in a row. This time to Finn Balor. We we saw the seeds planted in his post match um, talk with Renee. I believe it was Renee Young that he wants another shot at Balor and that he respects that guy. Okay. So what does Roman Reigns do next week? Uh, like, clearly Seth and Finn are going to be tied together. Who, do, who does Roman face? Like, I'm not even sure who's on the same level as him or what where he could pull a story or a feud with someone over because there's not another title besides Rusev's U.S. title. I don't, I don't get the sense that they're trying to give Roman a mid-card title right now. What do you do with Roman Reigns? Uh, it wasn't Renee Young, and they got to give him a mid-card run. I feel like this is all part of the discipline. And maybe he doesn't need to be in the title picture for now. Wow. Maybe they need to have him uh, in the mid-card, not only because of his, uh, you know, this is the way of penalizing him, but to help him still build himself in a direction of either being a heel or a face. Like saying, hey, you got respect for him? Doesn't seem hillish to me. But, you know, like, he could have simply said, like, I'll see him again. You know, don't worry. But... Um, I think I think you know get him away from the top the top shot for a while. And, um, I mean, you can that's that's one way to go about it. But the other way to go about it is I and it was very telling if in that shield triple threat. I know you can attest to this being there live. Some people were definitely cheering for Dean Ambrose. Some people were definitely cheering for Seth Rollins, even though he's kind of more of a traditional heel. But everybody was pretty unilaterally set on booing Roman Reigns. So a guy that gets that kind of reaction, it's not like wishy-washy. I feel like there's something there, and there's money to be made on that. Part of me wonders if they don't even put him in another program, if he's more of a periphery character in this whole title thing. Let the match play out however it plays out. I Ideally, like I said, I think Finn Balor winning the title is the way to go here. And then have Roman come out at SummerSlam and just completely destroy him post-match instead of letting him celebrate. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, whatever it is, I just wish it would just go full-blown here, whatever the answer's be. So. Yeah, and then, I, you know, some people, and you can kind of say this about Cena too, he might almost be as heelish as he's going to be right now in terms of people's natural reaction to him. Yeah. Is that your doggy? <laughs> yep. Your doggy yeah, wants Roman Reigns to turn heel too. <laughs> all, all girls like him. Yeah, but like <laughs> Roman's already getting a lot of booze. Once you turn him heel, like the smart marks are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I like him now. I'm gonna cheer him because he's heel." So like, All right? And I, I mean, isn't that what they isn't that what they ultimately want? I mean, Seth Rollins by definition should not get cheers, but he does so much flashy moves, and some of what he was saying in this lead up to Battleground was the truth that Roman Reigns broke the wellness policy. He's a cheater. Why does he get a title match still? Like those are very like. It's gripey, but it's true. So I, I think another thing too is like okay, we're we're sort of I know I know what we're you know the the sport and the entertainment that we indulge ourselves into, but we're all real we're, we're all realists. And when somebody cuts a promo or something that makes that makes sense to us, uh, we're going to agree. This is why pipe bombs 
have such success. Well, it was the problem last night with Heath Slater where he was saying things and people were like, yeah, sign Heath. And then he gets gored by Rhino. And it's like, no, <laughs> we actually kind of like Heath Slater. Boo Rhino. Exactly. exactly. It's going against the grain of what the audience wants. And, and that's the thing. He hasn't said anything to any truth yet. So nobody's going to agree. You see, I just want Roman to come out and do exactly what his cousin, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, did. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, come out and say, you know what? I've been busting my hump for you guys. I've been fighting the good fight. I made one mistake and you guys continue to turn on me. Well, screw all you guys. I'm going full-blown one versus all, which was his catchphrase from the get-go. Yeah, that, that I mean, if, if we could get some legitimate right after a while, then, you know, that's it. I mean, look, there's no, there's no secret of what needs to be done. The screen needs to open up their eyes and do it the right way. That's that's all. Well, and there's a lot of there's a lot of potential with Roman Reigns. Like at the end of the day, um, he made a mistake. Uh, we're we live in the land of forgiveness and second chances. So, you know, this is his chance for him to make his next move, his better move, where everybody really didn't like him in the first place, just because we felt like everything was so given to him. Where the internet again, nothing is safe. So all the bookings about what's going to be done for him and to him was happening the way that we had all seen it leaked. So nobody liked it. Nobody doesn't like the fact of knowing every day and it's seeing it's being unrealistic. You know, people like the realism. So we like to, and, and again, look, something we've been saying for a while, we like a person or a character that we can relate to. And a lot of us cannot re- relate to this person where it doesn't seem like much of a struggle on his career. It's like everything's just because of his heritage and his, um, his heritage and his family is that he's given his chance straight to the top and he's that stereotypical Vince guy that now he was just like, oh, well, we know he's going to win and shoot, he's the three-time heavyweight champion now. Those were just gimmies if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a larger-than-life presence. That's that's undeniable. And, you know, they tried for the better part of two years to make him the top babyface. And for a portion of that time, we can say that they were successful. For a majority of that time, they were not. And, you know, at this point, it's it's kind of to the point where you can cut your losses and really do something with this guy that's going to actually draw because it's not working right now. And they've acknowledged that implicitly by having him job clean two nights in a row. Here's what I want to leave you with, and then we got to go. I have have one more. I want one comment. I want to throw to you. Okay. As we get ready for the CWC tonight, Um, do you think there? uh, Do you think it makes any sense that potential goose weights by either style of wrestling or weight that 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 this not all in Raw or involved in? So I mean, Neville's obviously on Raw. Maybe Sin Cara. Why isn't he on Raw? Why he is he on Raw. Kalisto's the one on SmackDown. Yeah, I was okay, right. And you know, don't you feel like they should those established already cruiserweights should have a fair chance of being involved with uh the new cruiserweights that's come? Do you think because of um, because of the two or the one actually already being established, do you think they will be crowned as the first cruiserweight champion or you think they just go What's your thoughts about that? I think there's a natural built storyline if you have one of these guys in the tournament by winning the tournament gets the first iteration of the new Cruiserweight title come to Raw and have an established guy be like, who are you? I've been here for a long time. I'm going to take that title from you. I think that's the way you do it. I think it will feel more fresh too if you don't have like Kalisto win the belt because that just seems like kind of the the 
um, cookie cutter choice. Not that Kalisto couldn't do a good job. So that's what I I think to make it feel fresh, have a new guy get it, but then integrate those guys. I think Neville should snatch that belt right away. And part of me wants them to turn Neville heel and just be clearly dominant and clearly better than everybody else because he kind of is in terms of that style. Um, that's what I think they should do. I got But um, my final point I want to make, going back to our discussion on Roman Reigns, you got to wonder if them hot-shotting Finn Balor isn't a kind of mechanism to get Roman Reigns to the heel side, to the dark side, because if you were going to turn Roman Reigns, who's your top baby face on Raw, specifically looking at this post-brand split? You can't really put Sami Zayn there because I don't. I think he is not larger than life yet. Can he be? Yes. Is he right now? Not in my opinion, but he's getting there. Who would the top babyface be? They don't really have one on Raw. Bring in Finn Balor and he his magnetism and his charisma and the demon the demon component. I think you've really got something there. And I think that they recognize that. And they have to pull the trigger now because he's not getting any younger. He's been in the business for a long time. I agree. I feel like Mick Foley uh, alluded to that sort of say on, on the reason why he trapped him. But absolutely. I think there's no mistake on why he had to come out twice. And there was no um, sh- short entrance, but they both were, uh, seemed like full-blown mm-hmm. Balor entrance. Mm-hmm. And I think they had their eyes glued to the crowd reaction. So um, I don't think we got enough of it about it. And I think we could have got a lot more. So I think that's his test run and the reaction that uh, there was no – again, the, I think there was no hesitation of why he should have been the choice for SummerSlam because the confidence is behind. Yeah. But again, yeah, you're right. I think you got a point. I think that definitely – helps boost the Roman Reigns um, the Roman Reigns heel run well and I think there's something very real that they can tap into there because Roman Reigns that you know Joe Anawai the actual man's got to be looking at this being like screw this guy I've been working hard for over two years to be a top baby face and they won't accept me and you come in right away and you you're <laughs> like I feel like that would legitimately make him mad but on the other hand he's going to be able to draw money as a heel to Finn Balor's baby face whereas and I think what you do this is how I book it and I'll say this again on our predictions episode for SummerSlam this is how you book it you have Finn go over have Roman destroy him either at the pay-per-view or at Raw the next night in retaliation that's your program going through the fall maybe it can culminate in a, in a cell match because I think Raw has the cell pay-per-view exclusively Seth Rollins fails once again. Keep in mind, Seth Rollins lost in three different championship title uh, shots over the last week. He gets one more shot at a new heavyweight title on SummerSlam, loses that match. Then maybe you bring back, maybe you have the authority turn against him. And maybe you bring back Triple H to bring the hammer down on him eventually. Being like, we gave you shot after shot after shot and you got hurt and you let us down. And that's the way you bring Triple H back to get him tuned up for a title shot, maybe against Finn Balor, because he still has a a rematch clause that has not been um, initiated yet or invoked or whatever the word is I'm looking for. I just think there's a lot of fun things you can do with Seth Rollins on the periphery of the title picture moving down the line, too. And then maybe when you get to WrestleMania, maybe you do... Roman and Seth versus Finn for the like a triple threat for the title. Maybe Kevin Owens gets involved by that point if he's not moved to SmackDown like I was predicting. I just think there's a lot of ways you can go and possibilities are very exciting. 
Whether they all come to fruition or not, I don't think it's up for us to evaluate what could have been instead of evaluate what is. And what is right now is pretty cool. Yeah, I could say that from this year of um, fantasy booking that um, nothing comes to date on the time that you think it is. We, well, we know we'll get it on some um, really small, in our view, a smaller pay-per-view, but for big magnitude match of wrestling. So uh, I don't think you, by any means, wrong on your predictions of what, what could happen, but the possibilities are limited and things are happening. We, we had to talk a couple months ago about the sky's limit as far as stuff with AJ in the club and Finn Balor comes up. Now Finn Balor's is up, so it's all coming to light now. Yeah. And, uh, the the WWEs have been actively um, really aggressive on indie signings and CWC people and, you know, so, so much is going to be starting to happen. So. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to put this bug in your ear, too, as we close out. The Young Bucks deal with Ring of Honors up on, like, January 1, I think. Don't count that out either. The Young Bucks coming in and really lighting that tag division on fire for a couple of years. That's the thing that can definitely happen. Um, oh, man. We're starting to see the the the, mod, the mold change in terms of what WWE considers to be a main event. Or not main event, but main roster talent in 2016, 2017. So anyways, that's a lot of discussion we can get into at another time. But um, this has been the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. We'll get back with you guys very soon. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the CWC and enjoy NXT tonight. Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be wrestling tonight. Is that correct? That's correct. And we'll get the official announcement for Samoa Joe's opponent. um, And I believe Asuka's opponent at TakeOver Brooklyn, which you'll be attending. So that's very exciting. Enjoy wrestling. Uh, Be a fan. Don't be a miser. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace.